Hello and welcome to the Imbue Podcast. My name is Alex and I am your host. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Matt from the Center of Movement. Dr. Matt is one of my good friends and one of the most genuine people I have ever met. He is the founder and CEO of the Center of Movement. Join us today as we chat about his journey from being a college hockey player uh, to starting his own chiropractic firm. You hear everything from the haters who thought he wouldn't succeed uh, to the success story that the Center of Movement is today and where they will go in the future. Join us as we chat about Matt's journey. We're not like, we're definitely not thriving, we're surviving. <laughs> well, dude, but. yeah. I mean, same, same both for my parents. Like my, my dad's clinic, they're at less than 50%. I think my mom's yeah. clinic, because they shut down most of the other, she works for Twin City Orthopedics. So they shut down oh, most okay. of the, yeah. And so they, they shut down most of the other, uh, other clinics. So I think that theirs is kind of getting, they're like funneling the demand to some of the, yeah, the most, or the busiest uh, facilities that they have. But for sure. Dude, it, like the ripple effects are going to be so scary for this. Like, especially if we have, can you imagine the lockdown 76 days? Like we're only 30 days in. Another 45, another 45 days of this would be devastating for the economy. Like absolutely devastating. How come you think 70, is that what they're saying or what? Uh, that was just what Wuhan was. Oh, gotcha. Okay. In China. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, it would be pretty crazy for sure. I think, I don't know. I think we'll, it'll hopefully, hopefully we'll get more information as it gets closer to the end of the month here. But I feel like, I feel like it's not going to be done at the end of April. I agree with that. We look at Virginia. Virginia goes, is going to tell first week in june <laughs> like yeah i don't know it's crazy man yeah it is <laughs> but i think even but, after even after this is going to be like post 9-11 like there's going to be different like i bet you well i guess you never know but i bet when you go into mass events like a sporting sporting event instead of going or like in addition to going through some sort of screening you'll have maybe some sort of health check like yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know if there's something that they can do immediately, but or some sort of badge to show you that shows that you have you don't have different diseases or or I don't know something like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves because after like before nine eleven they didn't have any security systems for hospitals and airports and shit like that. So right, yeah, I could definitely see it ramping up, which it's kind of. It's a little scary. Like I don't know if you're if you follow any of like the the New Order stuff and like all those thoughts, but no, I like, haven't. Share. Well, it's just like like kind of conspiracy theorists just saying like like just that this is a a push to like a a new world order mm-hmm. where it's like there's a lot more government control on access and like the thing that you just said like limiting people based on like their health is i mean that's pretty scary (laughs) yeah no actually it's a huge double side story i didn't i didn't even really think of that but yeah like limiting people to travel like travel or people to have access to different things i mean yeah it's kind of it's i mean i don't it's not that far off though either so well uh you if you look at some of the stimulus bills and some of the shit they've tried to pass in there like during times of crisis is when they try and pass those like funny or, you know, things that maybe would seem acceptable during a crisis, but after it doesn't. So like, I don't know, like uh, in the the 1930s, that's kind of when Hitler came to power. 
and the, yeah. uh, Germany started as a, a democracy, but they were going through a crisis and they enacted laws and shit like that that allowed him to kind of do what he wanted and then take over because it was most convenient in the time of a crisis. So right. it'd be interesting. If, hopefully something like that doesn't happen for some national yeah. some government. But No, for sure. Was it was it what is a conspiracy by the by the Chinese government? Because I know my mom, she thinks that it's bio warfare from from China to for some sort of economic gain from them. But uh, no, this is more just like not even conspiracy theorists. Just like I, or I shouldn't say not. It's it's more just like for like this is more like on a spiritual side, like where people are. This is kind of just like the path of the world, like not. Not by like a given entity. It's just like, like there's people that have claimed to, to have predicted this like decades ago. You know. Yeah. Like, and it, that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is interesting though because it's like, it just makes you think about what could happen. You know. Yeah. But cool, man. Well, I have a I have a patient at eight, so let's uh. Let's get after it. Okay. We'll, we'll get some stuff going. And then, yeah, I'm excited, man. This is cool that you're doing this. Yeah, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. No, the uh, I was ch- checking with Declan and Andrew, and I was like, hey, guys, like, I want to start a podcast. And yeah. they, they like, helped me. They're like, hey, like, when you're going into it, like, all this and that. So they really helped me get it going. And I just got super lucky, uh, like, from my past network uh, that I was able to get some pretty cool guests on right away. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So most people don't really realize this about you, but you were an athlete uh, back in college. So I was curious, like, when was like, your first athletic memory from back <laughs> in the day? First, yeah, my first athletic memory, it probably isn't very athletic, but it was like, I just remember when I was like four, like young, I was... I mean, I grew up in Southern Alberta, Canada, and uh, Canada, they, eh? <laughs> Canada, eh? <laughs> and uh, you kind of were born with skates on, so whether you wanted to or not, you were playing hockey. And I remember when I was young. I mean, I started I started skating when I was two, and uh, when I was young, I I feel like I don't know if I really loved loved hockey, but I loved socializing. So my earliest memories of playing a sport are just sitting around and talking with my team (laughs) not really like even wanting to go play just like the social piece of it and then over time like as I got into you know like early teens I started to really enjoy the sport a lot more and uh yeah kind of just stuck with it but so not very not a very athletic memory but that's my first memory in sport is not even really liking the sport but just wanting to like hang out with my friends (laughs) well I feel like that's how it starts right like you like that's how you, that's what that's what makes it fun in, in in the early days, and that's kind of what makes you stick with it is just being fun and hanging out with your friends, for sure, having a good time. The social aspect of it. <laughs> well, and especially in Canada, because hockey's like a it's like a it's like a cult or not a cult. That's a bad word to say. It's like a religion. <laughs> it's like a religion, right? <laughs> Everybody's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you think Minnesota is is the state of hockey? I mean, you go up to Canada and it's like, it's like a whole nother level <laughs> of, of passion yeah, no, for. It's- it definitely is like, yeah, you kind of, you kind of, everybody just plays whether they want to or not. You just kind of, everyone starts off playing just because everybody does. And then you just figure out if you like it or not eventually. But 
Okay, the biggest question I think everybody is wondering is, did you check someone over the boards when you were in Canada? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've ever checked somebody over the boards, but... You're big enough to, one man. Of my, <laughs> I feel one, like... of my proudest, one of my proudest moments is I did check somebody through the boards once. Like um, through the glass? No, through... Uh, so it was through... Like, so on, on the boards, there's gates that you can open up to, like, get in and out of the bench. Totally. And, uh, yeah, and I, there's this one there's this one game, uh, and I, I hit a guy, and I'm, I'm, it must have just been on the brink of uh, falling apart, but it, the gate fell off the hinges. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to stop. We had to cancel the rest of the game because they what? couldn't get it fixed. And obviously, that's, like, a huge hazard. But, yeah, I was secretly, I was secretly very proud. <laughs> that's no like, was that in college that no that was in juniors so that was when i was playing in uh vancouver oh okay so then wait so then after high school did you go right to go play in, in college or did you go play a couple years at juniors because i know like it's like different right yeah yeah so i played so i played three three years of juniors um after high school and then i started college when i was 20 oh shit nice what was yeah, that like so, going in going in later? Like yeah, so a lot of yeah, so in the hockey world, you can you can play junior until you're twenty, like you're twenty years old, mm -hmm. um, or even you can play till you're twenty one in some leagues, uh, and then yeah, so a lot of people will play junior and then they'll start college like later. So so yeah, it was really it was really strange uh, starting college as a 20 well almost 21 year old for sure but with a bunch of classmates that were 17 or 18 but <laughs> yeah that's a big big developmental age difference but it was we had a lot of fun so well and i bet you like it was good for your psyche to chase it like chase the dream of being like a professional nhl player right like at least, at least you gave it a shot and give it all you had gave it, a, gave it a run didn't have much of a chance but it was fun just it's so funny how like perspective like i remember thinking like oh i'm so busy and like i look back and like we did nothing in the <laughs> we like we practiced like four days a week and we played like three days a week but it wasn't that that's all we did we didn't have nobody not very many people had like part-time jobs or were going to school on top of that even though we probably had time to it was just kind of like oh we're busy we've got this one thing and it felt like we were busy but really there's a lot more time to fill. <laughs> Dang, dude, that's crazy. What was it like being a junior athlete? I've actually never like chat with anybody who was. Like, yeah, it, was, it was really, it was really fun. It's, it's weird. It's, it's strange because like I just know it as like I just know it as like the normal because that's what I did. But a couple weird things were so like you're, it's you end up you move out to a different area, and so I moved to Vancouver from Alberta, mm -hmm. and you, it's kind of like this weird time that I guess they don't necessarily trust you or expect you to pay for your own living expenses or trust you to live on your own so you end up moving in with a family um so i lived with a billet family um billet family? So, like a what's that billet? yeah i never yeah, heard that so term. Billet, yeah so a billet family is just like a family that basically like puts themselves up without really getting any payment or reimbursement but they just volunteer um to house you and they they have a room for you and they pay they like make your meals and they kind of just like take you under their wing during the season so 
so yeah, so you move in with this family and you kind of become part of their family for the season. Or in my case, I, I lived with my family for almost three years. Wow. Uh, so so we got super close with them. Um, Did they come to yeah, your wedding? <laughs> uh, they didn't. They didn't come to my wedding, but we. They yeah we we've, we've kept in touch over the years. I mean that's that's like over ten years ago now, and we still keep in touch. And yeah, they had two kids that are now like adults, so it's kind of kind of strange too how how much they've grown. And but yeah, so that's kind of just a I think one like weird thing. It's like you're an adult, but you're still a kid. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like we got pampered. Like didn't do laundry, didn't have to cook. Like it was. <laughs> kind of pathetic actually but it was really nice because i know that i mean i think they got like a little stipend from the team but it's not like they were getting paid to do this really so well they had to feed their warriors man the canadian warriors (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was my that was when i didn't know a ton about nutrition and i had like a lot of like rituals that i needed to stick to in order to in order to play well which really meant nothing (laughs) but it was like i think i ate like fettuccine alfredo with like like deep fried chicken cordon bleu like every game day which is like <laughs> the worst the worst thing you could probably do for like a pregame fuel but dude in every- my mind i was i was getting fueled up i was ready to go <laughs> dude that's the most important part actually though like i feel like everybody has their pregame rituals like for track and field is the same thing for me like i always have my spaghetti and and chicken yeah, but I didn't have exactly. the deep fried. Like, so oh, if I can't get that, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then if you don't get it, then you're like in the mind. I think then your mind like messes you up the next day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had a that was that was like my day before meal, and then the day of, I had to I had to chug a coffee, like an eight ounce coffee, and then take a twenty minute nap. <laughs> and, oh and that was like if I couldn't fall asleep. It, it would throw me off mentally for the for the game for sure. You're like you're like trying to screw yourself over. Like you drink a coffee <laughs> and then you try and go to bed. Exactly, but in my mind I was like, okay, I'll chug this coffee so that way when I nap and I wake up, I'll be super ready to go. And yeah, no no science behind any of this pseudo logic. But <laughs> was it Tim Hortons coffee? Most important question. <laughs> no, it was usually it was usually. I think just some McCafe mm. light roast in the in the coffee pot. Yeah, <laughs> nothing too fancy. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about Tim Hortons taking over the U.S. now? They're not they're not a Canadian company anymore. I know. I don't know, and I haven't I haven't followed it much, but I feel like they've kind of failed in Minnesota at least. Like they have. A lot of, I think maybe all of them closed down now. What? I did not know that. Yeah. I well, at least the ones that I I'm pretty sure they all closed down actually. I, I know. I think they came in too hot. They got a little, they got a little eager, but <laughs> yeah, because those Timbits yeah. are pretty good. So Timbits are good for sure, and it's such it's good. Funny, that's like one of those things. Um, like it's I don't know if you ever had this experience where it's like you you move away and then there's something that you miss, but like you re- when you really think about it, it's not even really that good. You just miss it because you can't have it. Yeah, totally. There's <laughs> lots of things like that. Yeah, that's pretty much how Tim Hortons is. Like the coffee is actually not very good, I don't think. But every time I'd go home prior to them opening up in the states, I'd have to get Tim Hortons. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. That's so it's like it's like this thing where it's like oh, I can't have it, but so I'm gonna just get it because I can't have it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. 
Yeah, well, I know they're big in New York, but I have I guess I haven't really followed them closely either. I just know that they were in Minnesota. But Yeah, they were. And I think they I know the ones here at least. I'm pretty sure all of them shut down like sometime in the last six months. But <laughs> shit, that's crazy. Yeah. So so, so then after the juniors, did you uh did you go play in college and play college hockey? Yeah, so after junior I I went to um I went to college uh, down in uh, Superior, Wisconsin. I let me say down in Superior. That's like way up north for us. Way up north, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Down, down for Canada, Superior. though. <laughs> yeah, Canada, exactly. So I went. I went there. Uh, I had an opportunity to uh, potentially go to a school in Montreal, and then very last minute, this opportunity came up, and I was twenty, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like, I'll go live in the states for four years and then come home." Um, <laughs> and that was kind of what I thought was going to happen. And then as things progressed, I, I met my wife in college, and then we both moved down to Iowa for chiropractic school after college. And then now we live in the Twin Cities, so loving it. I didn't I didn't realize 10 years ago that I, I definitely did not think I'd still be living in the States, but here we are, and I like, I like it. <laughs> what was your love story? I'm curious. How did you meet? Did you guys just like lock eyes from across the room, or was it like lock a eyes, lock eyes from across the classroom? Well, yeah. I always like to joke, and this is definitely not true, but I so we met in physics class, and I, I was I happened to be like I was like the that the physics tutor. It was like my on campus job, um, but so I always joke that I was her physics tutor, but that wasn't true. <laughs> she she probably she was probably smarter than me in physics and I probably could have learned some tips from her but but yeah we met in class um and then yeah just kind of kept kept in touch and talked and saw each other like in class every week and then yeah just kind of slowly unfolded so good old college love story cute <laughs> cute man yeah for sure um when how did how superior for like a hockey team are they d are they d2 so hockey doesn't have a different division division two and i I actually don't even really know why they don't but there's division one and division three and we are uh superior was division three so we were playing um yeah playing against like some team a lot of midwest teams so like in the cities it'd be comparable to like saint thomas okay um so we played against them quite a bit, but yeah, it's uh, as far as like how they are as a team over the years. There's been highs and lows for sure. I I think in my four years there, we we made like the national tournament twice, and then the other two years we completely just flopped. So <laughs> it's like it's very like roller coaster. So I think yeah. they have a really good team. Like recent, like in the last couple of years, they've picked up again, but for a while they were. They were pretty. They were struggled quite a bit, but yeah, we. The furthest we got is we, we made it to like the, the Sweet Sixteen, like national tournament one year. Um, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, then um, I actually I after after college when I went to chiropractic school, I ended up playing rugby. Seriously. Um, yeah, and I I actually made it. We made it. I made it further in rugby as far as like 
on a national level with our team than I ever did with hockey. So it's kind of weird. I only played rugby for four years, but <laughs> got had more had more I guess like team success in that sport than in any in hockey. So, well, I think, or in, at least in my at least in my college hockey. Well, I think a lot of the, fu- the fundamentals like like are very similar. Like you have to be big, strong, quick, agile um in both sports right and maybe i think maybe rugby has less competition like less people are playing it so maybe that maybe yeah, that helped with I that think, i don't know no i think for sure i think a lot of people think that rugby is similar to football but it's actually it's definitely more similar to like hockey or soccer where it's more of a more more angles and yeah i, I guess there it's it's just it's not the same as football there's no blocking uh so you really have to be like thinking more on angling um, and positioning yourself a little bit differently. So it's a, it's a really fun sport though. Yeah. Have you played, did you ever play rugby or no? No, I only ran track. That was, okay. yeah, I would, I would have been snapped. What do, mean, what do you mean only, only ran track? Come I, on, I, man. I would have I been, <laughs> been snapped like a twig <laughs> if I played rugby. <laughs> nah, you, you know me now, I'm, I'm like a little bit beefy, which I, I still have chicken arms. But when I was running, dude, I had like, I was very, very skinny. <laughs> but that's awesome well so i didn't know th- i didn't know anything about rugby really before i started but there's there's lots of positions in the sport so like i played with i played with guys that were like 140 pounds five foot six like, oh my gosh what yeah because there's there's positions like when you're back like the um, like the punter or the kicker <laughs> yeah there's there's just positions where it's like advantageous to be small speedy and like be able to fly down the wing um and then there's obviously like i think what most people think of a rugby player is like the big guys that can barely fit in their shirts and shorts and they're just like demolishing people in the middle yeah <laughs> that's what i'm thinking of right now so. yeah yeah so there's those there's those positions too for sure but yeah there, it's a wide variety it's a very dynamic sport that's for sure did you like it more <laughs> than hockey i don't know if i can say i liked it more than hockey but i definitely it definitely filled a void that I had for like six months. Cause after I was done hockey, I, I, it was just like, that was so much. So like my identity and that's kind of part of my mission now in a lot of my like bigger work is just helping people like broaden their identity. So it's not just latched onto one thing. And that's, we, we, that's probably another conversation, but as far as mental health goes, totally. I think it's really important to, to keep, keep broad and, yeah, there was just a point, that point in my life where I was just like, you know, I, I was no longer a hockey player. I no longer had like this camaraderie automatically with 25 different people, you know. And uh, so then I went into, I started school in like, which is a quite a stressful environment. And you add that with not really quite knowing who you are anymore. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, it was just a good, it was a good timing. So then I got presented with this opportunity. Um and then yeah i just i really fell in love with i think i almost fell in love more with just having an outlet for school um but then as i slowly started to understand the sport more it's a really it's a really fun sport Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting that you say the identity stuff though because like that's something i went through like 100 percent. but that's also a lot what a lot of people who i've had in here have gone through as they leave as they as they left the sport today that's all they've known right Is is that sport and then once they leave that they're like they were kind of latched to that, which I thought was a very interesting point. And you said that very eloquently. 
Yeah, and like I think about it all the time. Like think about how like people like you and I felt that, but can you imagine like el- like escalating that to like the level of a professional athlete who totally. has played their sport professionally for five to seven to ten years and then all of a sudden that's gone and they're in their late thirties. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean there's science that backs the, the connection between concussions and deterioration of mental health. But I really think there's a lot more to it that we don't really talk about a ton. And I think it has to do with just that diversity in, in like what defines you as a human and the people that are able to recognize that early, you know, whether it's building up other skills or pouring energy into different relationships. Uh, I think that that stuff is so important for young athletes to do early so that when they when and if they get to that point in their career they've got other pockets that they can kind of dip into you know Mm -hmm. dude that is so so important like it is so under understood um like my dad was a high level uh athlete for for canada or biathlete so where he skied and shoot uh and most of his friends and his teammates are dead like either from issues with they had with their bodies or they've killed themselves. Like, yeah. because they've been so depressed after, like, I, I hate to be super stark, but like, it's a reality that a lot of athletes face. They get very, very depressed because of, they lost, they lose their identity. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you go from, you go from living like this life, whether you're a high school stud or you're a college athlete or you're a pro athlete, like in your mind, for that period of time you're you're like at the peak of what you view yourself as totally um and then when that's when that's gone if that's all you've poured your energy and attention into mm-hmm. it just it can yeah it definitely can strip you of of that which is just a, it's a scary i think it's a scary thing that just doesn't need to be or yeah it doesn't need to be as scary if we can just start to talk bring some awareness it. towards it early and talk about it but at the same time like it's it's the last thing that a young athlete is thinking about totally (laughs) totally so so there's yeah just figuring out ways to to open up the conversation that don't don't feel like a lecture you know and just like (laughs) and just just like yeah figuring out different ways that you can kind of bring that bring that to people's awareness or at least bring it to bring it to the sidelines of their awareness so that they know that that's something that they, they could kind of work on along totally. the way. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, switching gears here. So after school, you, you went to a chiropractic school. And now you have your own chiropractic um, company. I'd be curious to hear your journey into starting that. Because, you I mean, you guys are a powerhouse, not only for, for chiropractic services, but in, in, in the wellness space in general in, in Minneapolis. So I'd be curious to hear yeah. your journey to starting Center Movement. Yeah, so I when I graduated, we kind of we weren't really sure what we wanted, where we wanted to be, but we ended up landing on the Twin Cities and didn't really know anybody and uh, started working at a clinic. Um, worked there for two years um, and yeah, learned a lot of different things and kind of figured out, I guess, a little bit more about who I wanted to be as a clinician and who I wanted to be, um, how I wanted to position myself in the in this new community. Um, where I didn't really know a ton of people and uh, was able to kind of just build myself up a little bit on on what that looked like. And that's when I kind of decided it was time to start out on my own. And yeah, we went to kind of just had this concept of 
opening up and moving away from that model of like you're feeling like you're in a doctor's office uh, i i really just wanted i wanted a way to make rehab and prehab and self-care i guess you could say community driven mm-hmm. uh, i see gyms do a really good job of that i'm a I'm a huge advocate of like group fitness and community uh, within the fitness realm. And I just kept on asking myself, like, why can't, like, why can't a clinic setting have this? Or, you know, why can't we, why can't prehab be cool? Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, And I think that, um, yeah, it's people, people aren't really, it's just not as, it's not as sexy to want to like take care of your own body. It's like, it's it's more it's more interesting to to push yourself and get your ass kicked and do that kind of stuff in a group. Uh, but our mission is really just to try to shift the conversation and get people get people to kind of lean into that community aspect um, as far as like movement and self care um, and prehab goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we we started up three years ago um, and. Uh, yeah, we've kind of just, I've slowly, I guess you could say, connected with different people who are on my team now that share a similar vision and they're looking to push the envelope in the same direction. And it's been really fun to collaborate with them and then expand that collaboration out into the community and figure out different unique ways to support some of the local businesses that we love and at the same time, um, introduce our services and what we're about to them and hopefully add some value um to the the individual and also to the group did you get pushed back from people when you were first starting like uh like obviously you're doing something different we're like hey that's not going to work like this is this is how it's always been done and uh, you know what i mean did you get any pushback from that from people in the industry (laughs) definitely yeah (laughs) like yeah definitely a lot of a lot of like oh it's not going to work or you're not going to make it financially. Um, yeah. A lot of those conversations. Cause it was just, it was very, again, not better or worse than what you would say, quote unquote, like a traditional visit would be. It's just, I wanted to do things my way. And I know that the other way has worked for many small businesses in healthcare, but it just didn't really click with me as as much as I would have wanted it to, to invest my entire life into. And I just figured if I'm going to do this, I want to do it my way and I will figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, an ongoing experiment, but that's kind of where the fun is too. You can kind of see what people want and what they don't want and just kind of try to be agile with that. I, one of the things, um, yeah, one of the things that we really take pride in is, making sure that people feel empowered with their healthcare, that they're educated on what they're doing. And not that other systems don't encourage that, but that's kind of like the two main pillars of our business is empowerment and education. And uh, I think that the most empowering thing you can do for somebody is a, let them know that they're not broken and b, like give them the tools to kind of take this thing to the next level. So they don't feel like they need to rely on, a pill or they don't need to rely on a manual therapy or they don't need to rely on an individual to feel better. They can generate that by themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And as a, as a leader, 
I think it's important to be able to offer that to somebody. That's the best gift that you can give them is that freedom of, hey, here's a tool or here's a toolbox that you can use to, to really try to move this thing in the right direction for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we, yeah, that we really try to try to do with each of our patients is give them that toolbox. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the, I guess, the business model. Uh, we're set up in, we're set up in different gyms. Uh, so it's very, well, you've been, yeah, you've been to one of our spots. It's, it's very like low key. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have super fancy coffee tables or chandeliers um, in the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's just a place where people can come in, learn something, get some work done and hopefully take that out into the rest of their life. Dang. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good for that reason, especially with like current times. It's, it's nice to, it's nice to like, to, to lean on that community, uh, especially when when times are when times are difficult or there's you know some uncertainty, it's nice to have that community feel where there, there's still that sense of connectedness, even though even though we're we're not able to get together for some of the events that we do and things like that. There's still we can use things like Zoom call or like social media to stay connected virtually. And you're so good at it too. I just saw you launch a TikTok for Center of Movement. You're on the cutting edge, man. <laughs> doing, doing my, doing my best. You no, know, dude. I actually, always, I actually like that TikTok though. That was pretty good. The WAP one where you were cracking oh, his back to the WAP. Yeah. No, I, I, I've always liked. I mean, I love, I love music, and I'm not good at it, but I, I love, I, I really appreciate like video editing <laughs> yeah and so it's just been fun to put my amateur skills to the test <laughs> but but yeah it's something that I, I i appreciate like in other people that can do that so i'm like oh this would be fun just i mean obviously tiktok editing is not like not not like a, a normal video editing but it's just fun to play around with music and yeah throw some stuff out there why not Totally. Well, man, I know you got to run. You got a patient coming up, uh, but I appreciate you coming on. We got to do it again, man. We got to do got to do a full hour because I didn't even yes. get to half the stuff, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm down for sure. Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good, man. Well, take care of your patient um, and stay and, and stay warm up in Minnesota. I know you guys just got more snow, so. Yeah, definitely. It did snow a little bit more out here, so we're uh, <laughs> living the – it's so weird. Like, I feel – I feel like I didn't even realize it was the middle of April, and so I, <laughs> it didn't even phase me at first. I'm like, oh yeah, it snowed. Like it was just February. That makes sense. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's snowing, but... <laughs> cool, man. Awesome. Well, I will catch you on the flip side. Good to catch up, and uh, I'll chat with you soon. Thank you again All for right, coming man. on. Appreciate yeah. you, bro. I'll talk to you later. Later. See ya. All right, we got her, man. Yeah, we got her. Yeah. Thank. Cool. Oh, should I press after?